Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Director Spotlight here on the Film Fanatics channel. Today we're reviewing the life and career of a man who has many identities. Such as Bruce Wayne, Tony Mendes, Phil Knight, Jack Ryan, and many, many more. He's fought Steppenwolf alongside metahumans. He coached basketball, saved U.S. diplomats, signed Michael Jordan. But most importantly, he's a movie director. It's Ben Affleck, and we're going to review Mr. Affleck's career as a filmmaker behind the camera. Yes, let's get started. But first, let's talk a little bit about the news that happened this week. We got a look into the Marvels, the first trailer for the movie uh, to coincide a couple weeks before Guardians is coming out. Got Brie Larson and Tiana Paris and Iman Vellani switching places a lot every time they use their powers, which is kind of freaky. Yeah, you wrote... Alan's probably going to be grumpy about it in the dock, and you are not incorrect. God damn it. Actually, you might be, because I don't think I care enough to be grumpy. <laughs> I actually think it looks like a lot of fun. Um, um, it looks fun, but it looks very cheap. Even though, like, yeah, the story looks fun. I like the actresses. Uh, I loved Miss Marvel, the show. So, um, yeah, it looks fun. I just... It just kind of sucks that it looks like they shot it all on, on green screen in 2005. Okay, well, seven months. We'll have to see if anything changes. I'm excited for this and for Guardians because I think if they let James Gunn and Nia DaCosta cook, it's going to be something really good. I'm expecting it to be better than the first movie. But even that I didn't dislike. Me neither. Um, and like, Iman Vellani was so much fun in that show. And... It's uh, it's really great that they're going to be a team. Um, I'm more excited for this than a lot of the other ones coming out. I love seeing Monica and um, and Carol and uh, Iman Valenis. I forgot her name. The the name of the character. Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan. Uh, so I'm excited to see them. Uh, but I, I'm just upset that it looks very cheap. Okay, the second piece of news actually manages to, managed to do the impossible for me, and it got me excited about Star Wars again, uh, which is something that I did not see coming. Star Wars Celebration was last week, if I'm not mistaken, and um, a bunch of news came out. Uh, uh, some trailers came out for like Ahsoka uh, and all that. We're not going to talk about those. We're more going to talk about like the movies that were announced, first Star Wars movies to hit the cineplex since 2019's The Rise of Skywalker of uh, that everyone loves <laughs> very fun movie so uh, the the movies that they are that they announced it's uh, Star Wars Celebration uh, Kathleen Kennedy came out she introduced three directors that are gonna take the helm in the actual Star Wars movie that according to her is actually happening but again we've been burned by her before um, yeah, they did a whole like promotional th video with Patty Jenkins and, and an X-wing and Taika. And now those movies, we don't know. Yeah, well, a movie that a lot of the people that are, if you're in the space, you saw coming a mile away because there's been a, been a lot of news about this movie lately, which is the former former Damon Lindelof movie, which now it is now is being helmed by Stephen Knight from um, from Peaky Blinders. 
And yeah, not the director of uh, Bumblebee, like Alan once said on the podcast. Yeah, that's a that's a deep film fanatics cut. <laughs> um, but exactly. Yeah, from uh, from Peaky Blinders, and directed by the aforementioned Miss Marvel director. You probably know her name, Charmaine Obaid Chinoy, and she directed two episodes of Miss Marvel. Exactly. So uh, that movie is going to focus on Ray. It's going to take place f- 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. And Ray is apparently going to be building the new Jedi Order. I am cautiously optimistic about this one. Were the Jedi even still a thing at the end of that movie? Because I thought that the whole moral of the trilogy was maybe like create a new thing. Like now she's Skywalker, which is like in the middle of the dark and the light. Like I don't, I don't know how I feel about them just no, going like the same Jedi a, route. That's called a gray Jedi if you're in the middle of the light and the dark. So I feel like they should focus more on Grey Jedi than just, oh, Jedi again. They're doing that. Ahsoka's a Grey Jedi. But I mean, like, after Rise of Skywalker, like, the new formation of it. I mean, I get get that. Uh, But either way, I'm excited. I love Daisy Ridley. I want to see what what they're doing with this movie. I have a hunch that Daisy Ridley is going to be a supporting character. She's the Jedi Master. And it's going to be like being focused on the Jedi trainees or something. Maybe. Like the requel to the requel. I think she did confirm that this is not like the start of a new trilogy, even though it takes place after. So it's kind of like if they do a trilogy after, it will be kind of like solo, you know, like a Ray movie in the middle of the two trilogies. Exactly. It's not like episode 10. Dave Filoni is coming out of his movie. The, again, if you were really into this, you probably knew this was going to happen. That all his TV shows on Disney Plus were culminating into a movie. I got to say, this is the one that I'm most excited about. I trust Dave Filoni at this point of my life. He's proven to be a great visual director and storyteller with the with the streaming shows. And I'm sure that him and apparently John, John Favreau as well are going are gonna to do a fantastic job in this, so this is like a mandalorian ahsoka boba fett avengers thingy it's uh, yeah it's kind of like that but uh i have a weird feeling that mandalorians the mando the mando's not surviving uh, uh it's gonna be like tony then. stark <laughs> um i don't know um no i'm not sure if he'll survive long enough to to be in that movie. oh t- exactly <laughs> maybe um that's the rumor right now anyway ooh. so that's uh that's an interesting theory that i don't deny but also he makes the money in merchandise which is kind of why they reunited him with grogu but yeah apparently that's that's why that uh it seems like john favreau is not sticking around that's also just a rumor right now because the rumor is that him and kathleen fought about this because uh he wanted grogu to stay training with luke and the mandalorian would be another thing and she kind of forced his hand. I kind of hate the book of Boba Fett for that. I like, really, I really hate the book of Boba uh, Fett for many reasons. But I don't know how I feel about some of the Disney Plus shows. Like, like Ahsoka, I feel like I'll watch it, but I'm not super hyped about it. I'm very hyped about that. Um, one. I'm more hyped about that one than I was for Man- Mando season four, season three. Sorry. Yeah, I'm halfway into Mando season three now, and again, it it looks really good, but I don't know like. They need to rise the stakes a bit. That's all I'm going to say. The, they do that. I just watched the last episode. Don't worry. They do that. Okay. Then they announced a James Mangold movie that's supposed to be basically the first Star Wars movie, like in a, chronologically. chronologically speaking, would be the Dawn of the Jedi. And right now it looks like it's going to focus on the basically the dude that found <clears throat> that, uh, 
that discovered he had the force and became the first Jedi. It was also told that like this movie would be kind of like Passion of the Christ. Like a I've religious, never seen Passion of the Christ. Li- but basically a religious epic in the Star Wars universe. So like he would t- he, he would deal like the, with the religion of the Force. Like, I think it's I think this one's gonna be good. Yeah, I, I love also like that it's like separated from the rest. You know what I think should have been their first movie, The Acolyte, because I feel like that should have been a movie instead of a show. No, but that's taking place around the same time period, actually. That uh, that uh, the dawn of the Jedi. Yeah, so I think the acolyte would have been a terrific like beginning movie for them because it also has an all star cast with like Amanda Stenberg and Lee Jung Jae. That's that's a show I'm most excited about right now, and I like that with this and the acolyte, they're going for something where there's not going to be any cameos or any um, Clone Wars references. It's just going to be like in the Star Wars universe. Is that a criticism against the other stuff that they have uh, the well, references in there? Well, it kind of destroyed you... Boba Fett for me. It was like becoming not a Boba Fett show, for example. Yeah, but not in general because like... Um, I just think they have to focus a lot less on like the Skywalker saga characters. They're doing that with Clone with the Clone Wars characters. Those aren't Skywalkers. I just think they should separate themselves from... Like, for example, Skeleton Crew looks like it's going to be something completely new, which I'm all for. I hate that. I already hate it. I hate <laughs> kids in general in TV shows and movies. So there you I, go. I'm you lost looking, Alan. You already uh, lost John Watts. Uh, so uh, another little piece of news, a really fun one. Uh, Nicolas Cage was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert this week to promote Renfield, and he revealed his top five personal Nicolas Cage movies. So here's the list for you. He referenced Mandy, Pig, Bringing Out the Dead, Bad Lieutenant and Joe, which he did with David Gordon Green and starring Ty Sheridan. Have you seen any of these? Um, not really. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I've I've always watched. I've almost watched Joe and Pig a couple of times. But I haven't seen. I've seen none of these. Movies. It's funny because when we did our massive talent episode last year, I went on a Nicolas Cage frenzy for like a week. I watched like Moonstruck, Con Air, um, all these movies. And um, and I still haven't gotten to his personal top five, but um, bringing out the dead is I think a Scorsese movie. What is one that you think he should have put on here? If um, any, <laughs> then Bear Boys the massive talent. <laughs> I would I would have loved if he had said, you know what? I love this movie about me. Unbearable weight of massive talent. He did shout out Face Off also, which would have been my, on my top five. Great movie. Great I don't ni- remember my top five. It's the movies. most Nicolas Cage movie. I wish he had said it. Imagine if he said National Treasures, the best directed I movie I've it. ever done. I would love it. <laughs> or Ghost Riders, the the best written, best script I've ever read. So let's get into our next uh, piece of news for the day. A Twister sequel from Lee Isaac Chung is in the works with Glenn Powell and Daisy Edgar Jones in, stars, in, in Talks to Star. Please edit that, go. Uh, what do you think about this? I'm a, I haven't watched Twister in like 10 years. So I haven't like, watched Twister, period. <laughs> Should I watch it? Like, does it... I don't remember. I don't remember it at all. Was it entertaining when you I, watched it? I have it? more memory of the Twister ride at Universal, or is it MGM? Not MGM, uh, Hollywood Studios. You know that it used to be called MGM, right? No. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the MGM Studios Hollywood? Yeah. The park at the Dis- at Disney was called MGM. Like in your lifetime? Yeah. I went there when it was called MGM. I had MGM. no idea. Uh, and it was the best. 
Um, so it's still one of my favorite parks, the Hollywood Studios. Universal Studios Hollywood is a no, dream. no, no. Hollywood Studios is a park in uh, Disney World. Oh, called Hollywood. Hollywood. Wait, but Disney World, like in Florida? Yeah, that's a mine. That's a. They have a park called Hollywood Studios, but it's at the, Disney World. That's the one in Florida. Yeah, that's a mindfuck right there. And it it used to be called MGM, but inside of Disney World. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Universal Studios Hollywood. That's even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I'm, am I going crazy? Po- I mean, I feel no, like no, I'm no, going no, crazy. No, no, no. It was okay. In '89, it was founded as yeah. Disney MGM Studios. That was the name of the theme park, but everyone just called it MGM. And it only changed in 2008 <laughs> to Disney's Hollywood Studios Park. So that's you never been to this park? Wait, it's not Disneyland. No, no is it Disney World in Florida? Oh, I've never been to Disney World in Florida. No, really. I've been to Disneyland. Yeah, the shitty California one. Adventure. How is it shitty? It's literally yeah, Disneyland. Have you been to Disney World? It's so much better. No. It's huge. Man. It's so much better. Florida. Do you want to go with me to Florida now? Yes. All I'm, right. I'm, yes. And uh, Hollywood, this is actually my favorite park. Um, okay. And um, so it's a park uh, that all the rides are based on like Hollywood stuff. It's really fun. That's cool. Like, That's really um, cool. They have like, um, what is it called? Like... Um, like you know like the jaws ride at universal the like the the shark comes right. up on you like they have something like that but like for um, for stunts in movies so like you kind of just you go around and a bunch of stunts happen around you it's amazing like explosions and people fighting and all that it's like tom cruise's wet dream right it's there. really fun so yeah i haven't been there in like 10 years but i i remember me my favorite anyway they had a twister uh ride that was incredible that like the ground shook and like everything fell on you it was so fun and like you saw like the cow flying around like the like it was like a a simulation of a twister so like you would go in yeah and you would see the twister and everything flying around and everything starts oh so it's kind of like star tours or whatever it's called where you go into a room yeah you go into like multiple rooms like and you see like the twister from like different angles kind of so you're basically living the beginning of the wizard of oz kind of <laughs> or all of twister i guess i haven't seen twister so i can't properly reference yeah, i'm assuming it. that's what it is because <laughs> it's, it's called twister but listen when you have glenn powell and daisy edgar jones in a movie together directed by lee isaac chung i could care less what the movie's about that trio sounds fun sounds yeah. like it's gonna be a good time even and though we just talked about Disney a whole bunch. It's really interesting that the Lee Isaac Chung went from Minari and like three Oscar nominations to like Mandalorian. To, like now he's doing blockbusters completely. It's which is kind of cool. It, which is good because blockbusters have been have been having kind of a weird time. So maybe if we have like more outdoor directors, it will, it will make it work. So we are now moving into our Ben Affleck director spotlight. I've been very excited for this one because I was very excited for him to release a new movie, Air. His first movie, he made his directorial debut in 2007 with Gone Baby Gone. By then, he was already a very bankable movie star. He had starred as Jack Ryan. He won an Oscar for Good Will Hunting. He did Pearl Harbor, uh, Kevin Smith movies, 
Armageddon, a bunch of them. Days and Confused, by the way, uh, one of his first roles. I recently saw it and I loved it. Uh, so Gone Baby Gone, like we said, was his first movie. And it starred his brother, uh, Casey Affleck, and was written... Um, it was written by him, but based on the book by Dennis Lehane. Not the last time he adapted a book by him. And yeah, who else did this movie star? This movie actually starred, um, like you said, Casey Affleck, Morgan Freeman, Michelle Monaghan, Amy Ryan, who was actually nominated for Best Supporting Actress that year, and Ed Harris. And let me tell you that they all do a fantastic job. Uh, and I think... I think Amy Amy Ryan's uh, uh, award shout was deserved, even though I don't remember who she she was competing to with in that year. I think it was the year Tilda Swinton won for Michael Clayton. Which, having seen that movie, Amy Ryan was better. Let's look at the lineup that year and the talks of if it holds up. Um, nominated that year alongside Amy Ryan were Tilda Swinton for Michael Clayton, who won. Abigail, Br- no, that was the year before, sorry. Kate Blanchett for I'm Not There, which haven't seen yet. Ruby D for American Gangster, or Saoirse Ronan for Atonement. Saoirse Ronan Saoirse was really Ronan good, actually. has been around for that long. She was 14 when she was nominated, oh, okay, I that think. that makes more sense. Um, Amy Ryan was really good in this movie. And having seen this one, I think it's a bit slow, but I think it did a really good job of creating this noir-like atmosphere in, it's in Boston, right? Of course, it takes place in about, Boston. Of course. I just needed to make sure. They all talk like they're from, uh, like, well, Boston. Yeah. All these crime movies in Boston are just so good, like Mystic River and Departed and so on. Uh, ben Affleck did a really good job in his first movie creating that, like, dark environment where even the police sometimes are dirty and um, everything is, like, crime and dishonest. And yeah. uh, what do you think of Casey Affleck in the movie? Um, I thought he was great. He's a great actor. I think he wasn't that much into himself just yet, like he was in Manchester by the Sea. I think like because uh, he was really young also when he took this role. Um, How old was he? He was, he was like thirty-two. 30, yeah, in this thirty-two. Movie. Yeah, so he was really young. Uh, but he did well. Um. I liked this movie more before I watched... uh, I've been watching The Wire. (laughs) Like, I'm in season four right now. And um, all that street, uh, like, stuff with, like, the, the, you know, the questions of morality and all that, I think they do so much better in The Wire. I know that they have, like, But I feel like you have to compare... (laughs) Like, if you compare every crime thing ever to The Wire, it's like, you're gonna hate crime. I I know, but, like, maybe I think all crime movies are going down a notch now that i watched the wire oh god <laughs> uh but uh but yeah uh, i just remember that because amy ryan is in a, is in the wire and that um, makes sense though so you know what she's fantastic in only murders in the building she's great she's also great in the office oh yeah that's she's right she's amazing in the office that's right but she's a completely different character uh in all of these movies and shows like she's she's a really good actress Anyway, um, but the movie itself, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, it's not my favorite of uh, Ben Affleck's. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like a uh, directorial debut goes, top notch. I feel like the middle is really slow. Yeah. But when you get to the last 20, 30 minutes, it's really memorable. Yeah. Also, I don't know about you, but I kind of hate the main character. <laughs> like Casey Affleck's character? Yeah. He was, he was I, so like... annoying to me. 
Like I was a hundred percent with Michelle Monaghan, like in the, especially in that ending. I was a hundred percent with her. I was like, yeah, man, she's right. Everyone else is right, and you're fucking wrong. That's the thing. Like I feel like there was a really good dilemma at the end in that twist. I feel like that was such a good, that was such good writing. How like it tears it apart the characters. I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it because it's a really good uh, twist ending as to why the titular baby is gone, baby gone. I don't know how why they are gone, baby gone. And Ed Harris was also great. Um, there's some great action in a couple of scenes that he's in. Morgan Freeman is Morgan Freeman in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I just saw a movie with him yesterday, and he was Morgan Freeman in it too. Yeah, but to be fair, his acting was good in that ending. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like the, he has like a speech at the end, like mm-hmm. a really good monologue, and uh, he nails it. And uh, and again, I was a hundred percent with him and against Casey Affleck. But like, since you recently saw it, did you think Casey Affleck did a good job with his monologue at the end there, or did the character annoy you just because yes, of the character? Yes, but the character's choice was so bad in my opinion that I I just hated him. <laughs> This is good. Like, like Casey Affleck did a good job. Like it, it was the right fault. choice, but the wrong choice. Like there's so many layers. I understood to it. the choice, but I hate it. If that makes sense, I do get it. I, I still don't know whose side I'm on at that ending. Um, even though I'm leaning towards you, but uh, what was I going to say? Michelle Monaghan. Also, I'm like always Monaghan. Is that how you say? Yeah, it? I think that's how you say. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, I'm always rooting for her to be in more stuff. Uh, I'm really excited whenever she's in a movie. So this is one of the better movies she's in for sure. Yeah, she's she's great, and uh, again, especially in that en- in that ending, her acting like really comes off and like, um, yeah, like uh, all the t- it's very weird because I don't know if I, if that's the, I think that's really on the script, but also on the actors. That at least for me, I was the whole most of the movie. I was agreeing with uh, with him. And then it flipped totally on its head, and I was like, "Oh my god, Sh- Michelle Monaghan's character was right all along." Mm-hmm. So like, um, that's that's a good script. I, I, this is a good movie. And also, like he came, Ben Affleck came in this with a writing Oscar win. So like, uh, a lot of writers make that success successful jump to directing. Some don't, um, but he, I think he right away proved that he was here to stay as a filmmaker. Even though I think I, I think I complained more about it than you did, maybe I, I gave it an eight out of ten. So um, fair. So yeah, it's a good movie. But I think, actually, no. Except for one more, it would be the last one that I would rewatch if you told me to rewatch his filmography. Oh, I did rewatch *Live by Night*. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on to his next movie that came out in 2010 a little bostonian movie called the town i wonder where ben affleck grew up oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) where him and uh, matt damon grew up um do you want to tell us a little bit about dust town yeah so he um ben affleck wrote this movie with aaron stockard who wrote gone baby gone with him as well and with Peter Craig, who also was nominated for an Oscar this year for writing Top Gun Maverick. And he's also the son of Sally Field, which is wild. Uh, the Town was released in 2010, and it stars Ben Affleck along with Rebecca Hall, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner, who was Oscar nominated uh, for the first... No, no, sorry, for his second time um, for Best Supporting Actor. 
and also Pete Postlewaite in uh, one of his final film roles before he passed away. He was a fantastic actor. And yeah, I love this movie, honestly. I remember watching this movie even before I saw Gone Baby Gone, and I was just riveted by the plot. I thought it was a really interesting storyline because what happens is um, they commit a bank robbery and they hold this hostage for a couple of minutes before letting her go. And she's played by Rebecca Hall. And then, like any Hollywood movie, he um, Ben Affleck meets her again and forms a romance by hiding who he is. And classic uh, Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, basically, like every Hollywood movie. So um, the the town actually covers uh, it's it's a story about a failed hockey player uh, from the Boston Projects uh, that wound up in a life of crime. You know, as a pseudo mastermind of a low level of low level heists. Uh, aided by his childhood friend, uh, played by Jeremy Renner, uh, James Coughlin. Uh, but like you, you know that like gangster movies are not really what I love the most. So, <laughs> so like comparatively, it's not as good for me as Gone Baby Gone. But it's still a fantastic movie. For reference, I'm the opposite. I've seen like pretty much every Scorsese organized crime movie. Uh, I really love those movies. Yeah. I'm not really that big of a fan. Like I, I, I could, I watch all of them, but like, usually they're not, uh, they're not my favorites. First of all, I think one of the best parts of this movie was Jeremy Renner's performance. I think he really deserved that Oscar nomination because he, he's a lot more unhinged than Ben Affleck's character, and he really did a great job of like creating a personality that's distinct from all of Renner's other performances. So I think if you look back at like the acting in his movies, Jeremy Renner in the town definitely one that I would I would shout out. Yeah, I think one of the things I like the most about this movie, how the heights keep getting like bigger and bigger and like more more stakes uh, are involved in it. And um, yeah, I love the game of cat and mouse that they have going around with the with the police and um with the detectives and uh yeah and also felt like anyone could die yeah in the um, well people do die in this movie but it wasn't like like a blockbuster where it's like everyone has to survive to get to the final act like the the guns and the um, the stakes it felt real for sure yeah yeah for sure basically there's like the whole chase scene and then can we spoil things i don't know it did come out 13 years ago. So, spoiler warning for the town at the end, right? Like, Jeremy Renner uh, kills himself. Um, I don't rem- I don't think it was really a sacrifice. He just didn't want to go to prison. Yeah. Um, it's kind it's of a cool so scene because he's like, um, they're like, uh, put that your hands up. And he's like, okay. Too. And then he points his gun even though he's out of ammo. And then they just shoot him. Which, like, I was 14 when I watched it. And I was like, oh, that's a wild death. And that, was, that was fucked up. And then he goes to Pete Postlewaite's store and uh, and kills him too because I think he was like endangering Rebecca Hall. By the That's way, Rebecca Hall. That's a great Hall, scene, by the way. The scene yeah. that, that uh, Ben Affleck's character kills, uh, kills. What's his name? Pete? Pete Postlewaite. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. That was also a brutal death. Yeah. Um, but like all their, all their conversations, like uh, Affleck and him, are fantastic. Rebecca Hall, I just think she always delivers amazing performances. She does. From her earlier career, this might be her best work. And lately she's been in like more, I guess, smaller movies, like not like major studio like Warner Brothers. And uh, and she blows me away. Like The Gift, uh, directed by Joel Edgerton, 
or the night house or resurrection like these smaller thrillers she's just always great and now she's gotten into directing movies too she directed passing with nice. tessa thompson oh she was um, the one director that yeah good movie what do you say about grades in this movie the town honestly it's a nine out of ten for me okay so for me i put it just i i know i said i prefer gone baby gone but like after like talking about it Maybe I'll put it right with it. So another eight for me. Out of these ones, it might be the one that I watch rewatch next. Uh, just because I rewatched the next one we're going to talk about also last week. We're going to talk about a movie that a lot of people say it's Ben Affleck's best directorial effort. And it's Argo from uh, 2012. Do you agree with that? Uh, we'll get there in the end of the show. Don't okay. worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Argo, man. Argo is such a good movie. Let me... I'll, I'll tell you first a little bit about it before we, we, we get uh, into it. Again, it's the third movie directed by Ben Affleck. It came out in 2012. And it tells the story about a CIA agent that plans uh, an operation to, to rescue six Americans in Tehran during the the uh, the, coup. the coup like the hostage crisis mm-hmm. and um, Ben Affleck both plays the CIA agent as well as directs this movie it was written by Chris Terrio, Tony Mendes and uh, Joshua Berman no Tony Mendes wrote the book about his life okay sorry so IMDB I'm blaming that on you and Ben Affleck <laughs> plays Tony Mendes and it was based on his autobiography Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, anyway, so like Chris Terrio um, mm-hmm. then was the 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 writer, uh, which yeah, it's kind of weird because he wrote also Batman v Superman. But whatever. Yeah, he went from winning an Oscar <laughs> for adapted screenplay to Batman v Superman and Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Oh my God, Chrissy, what's happening, bud? <laughs> I want to say one thing um, about Argo. Is there's a scene that I really love where Alan Arkin's talking to Ben Affleck and he's telling the story and he's like, you know what I said to him at the end. Argo, fuck yourself. And that's like the mod, like they keep bringing back that phrase in a movie. That's, yeah, that's really good. And Alan Arkin was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor Oscar for this movie, uh, which is cool because it's like mostly a comedic performance. I love this movie. I think this is an example of taking a true story that, A, I don't think a lot of people in the public would have heard about if not for the book and the movie. And B, it's just like, also, I don't know if it has that like people that are not in America didn't heard about didn't hear about exactly has like the movie yeah but I think they made it something really riveting uh, with the movie because it's also like it's a movie also that's based on a lie because it's this movie that could be discovered is fake by the government at any moment and they're trying to use it as a ruse in order to save these people um, so also like the diplomatic part but also the fake movie part. They have like they show you the table reads and the costumes and everything. That's so fun. Like that part of the movie, it's it's fantastic. Like they putting together the fake movie and like they're having like all these meetings and uh to like kind of like trick the system. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Love John it. Goodman being really good as well in the movie. He is. He's pretty good. I feel like also the um, just like the heroin real story about this guy that like came up with this crazy scheme yeah just works so well as a movie like uh it's, it's one of those where it's like if you didn't know you wouldn't believe it was real kind exactly. of movies exactly and uh i want to shout out like the visuals of this movie they're really good like uh, especially when they're in tehran mm-hmm. um 
Like, like again, we I said that about the other movies, but like Ben Affleck is a great visual director, and it's a goddamn shame he didn't get to direct Batman. But we, let's not talk about. Not that. to mention, he wasn't nominated for best director for this movie, which this is weird. Was disgusting. Because he won like all the other precursors. He won Golden Globe for directing, the Directors Guild Award for directing, and didn't he get won, nominated and, for and he directing. He won as a producer. Best uh, best picture for this movie. Yeah, it's rare. Like so, it's so since stupid. this movie it only won best director, not even yeah. just being nominated. Yeah, that year best director ended up going to Ang Lee for Life of Pi, which love that movie, but that's a different story. I don't story. agree. <laughs> you don't like it? No, I, I like that movie, but I don't agree. I think Ben Affleck should have won. That yeah, year. like I rewatched like their best picture win, and it's him, George Clooney, and Grant Heslov were the producers who won. And Grant Heslov comes, and the first thing he starts the speech with is, I know what you're thinking, three sexiest producers in Hollywood, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, also I love the scene where he gets the idea, which is he's on the phone with his son, and Planet of the Apes comes on the TV, and they're really talking about science fiction. Um, it's one, There's a similar scene, I guess, in Air, when someone gets an outrageous idea to pull off the impossible. I always... Remember, like the plane scene where they, um, where the the soldiers are chasing them. That's like the one of the best scenes in the movie. It's like the the most tense scene in the movie, and it's like, I again I, I've rewatched now after not watching for like I don't know six or seven years, and like that scene, like your blood is like like your heart is pumping and like your blood is like red. Yeah, it's crazy. It's one of the best scenes he's ever directed. Yeah, and also and when, it, when the plane goes off. Like and there's the relief. You feel the relief. With I know. Them, and like you're you're happy. You're smiling. Like yeah. And it's acted so well soon. Like wow, we just took off. We're off the ground. There's nothing they can do. Our lives are are safe. They've made movies that are similar to Argo that as movies are not as interesting to watch. Yeah. Which is why I like compare them to Argo because Argo's the best yeah, one. Argo's like the the one you compare to. So what's your grade for Argo? Honestly, I would give Argo like a nine and a half out of ten. I think it's uh, a really good true story that, again, only works so well because of the writing and the directing. Um, that elevates like a really complicated story into this. Like you said, like it's really tense and you're relieved with the characters. I want to watch it again now that we talk about it. Yeah, I just watched it, and I want to watch it again, so that's yeah. how good this movie is. And it's also paced so well. It's two hours, and it just really goes by. Yeah, it's uh, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I love nice. this movie. Nice, wow. It's my, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. A deserved Best Picture winner. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about the next, because we don't talk about Live By Night here? Yeah, so disclaimer, uh, <laughs> Live By Night, I only saw it because of this episode, and then Alan decided not to. I forgot to um, watch it until today, and then I was like, I'm not watching. Listen, you're not missing out much. It's it's okay. Like it's not. I don't think it's thirty three percent worthy, but it's, it's probably just, what like a five out of ten, something like that. It's just a generic. Like there's some really good action scenes that he directed. That's about as far as it goes. Like I guess he has a nice romance with Zoe Saldana in the movie. Um, Screw it. Let's talk yeah. about what we want to talk. Live about. by night. You can skip. After his whole DCU debacle and the live by night debacle, <laughs> Ben Affleck took a little bit of a break and. He chose his next project very carefully, and I guess he chose right, didn't he? Because he directed Air. Air just came out last uh, last month for like a couple of weeks back, and um, as you see, I wrote it here: can he contend instead of oh, review? 
Why? Because I think that this movie is going to be a big Oscar player this year. Wow. That's uh, bold. Uh, this movie uh, tells the story about... What is, what's his name? Um, Sonny Vaccaro. Sonny Vaccaro. Uh, he was the guy that worked in the marketing department at Nike. In the marketing basketball department, I guess, uh, in, uh, of, uh, of Nike. Which was, let's say at that time, kind of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he even says, like, we have one thing the other two companies don't. Our basketball division is terrible. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah, it's the story about how he turned that division around by signing a one Mr. Michael, not B. Jordan. Michael A. Jordan. Michael A. Jordan. It's a joke from Space Jam 2. <laughs> Where he, he's like, we got Michael Jordan. Then Michael B. Jordan comes and he's like, you couldn't get Michael A. Jordan, so you got Michael B. Jordan. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so this movie is written by uh, Alex Covery. And, of course, it's directed by Ben Affleck. This is his first script, by the way. Wow. It was on the blacklist. And then they found it and said it's, it looks like a bankable topic, a great movie. And Ben Affleck and Matt Damon did it. That's, that's fantastic. Again, Matt Damon plays... Uh, Vicaro and Jason Bateman plays I guess the marketing head of the of the basketball division. Ben Affleck is also in this movie. He's not the main person like the main character like he was in Argo. Uh he plays Phil Knight, which is fantastic. He's the CEO of Nike and Ben Affleck does a oh, so good job here. He's one of the funniest performances i've seen in a while i wonder if he's humble for giving matt damon the lead role instead of himself or not for making him the most powerful character in the movie i think he did i think he made the right choice i agree this way he could focus more on the directing you can see that this movie is really well directed and also like he could go a bit crazy because sony vaccaro is a is a bit of an ordinary joe and Phil Knight is like this larger-than-life character. Exactly. So I think he got the better end of the deal in that one. Also, Chris Messina plays David Falk. He is, he gives Ben Affleck a run for his money in uh, the funniest guy in this movie. <laughs> oh man, he for was, a completely different. I think reason. he was he's the funniest. A, he's just an asshole. Look, he was going into this movie. He was, I guess, my least favorite of the main cast. But I think he honestly gave the best performance. No, he was he was so good. Uh, and Viola Davis plays Michael Jordan's mom, uh, Dolores Jordan. And that was apparently a request from Michael Jordan himself. I read that after. That's uh, So that's that's great. Like he said, the only way you can do this movie is if Viola Davis is my mom. And that, that was a great choice. She's a fantastic actress. And James Jordan Sr. is played by her actual husband, Julius Tenen. Oh, really? That's her, her husband? It's Viola's husband. That's amazing. So uh, I'm sure they had a blast working on this movie together. Yeah, and uh, Chris Tucker also does a fantastic job as Howard White. and um, He plays Chris Tucker in a suit, basically. basically. But uh, he, he's fun. He's so fun yeah. to watch. So you know how we were talking? Like You said crime movies aren't my thing. Or I said, oh, maybe like the plot of Argo, if not for the execution, wouldn't have been intriguing for everyone. Going into air, like sports, business, basketball, drafting people, etc. That is my thing. That is, I get interested in that. Um, basketball to be fair, is a this sport. movie is also my thing because it's a business movie. And you know that that's one <laughs> of my favorite types of movies. It's also like the ultimate dad movie because... I love dad movies. <laughs> this is like... This gives me hope in dad movies and movies, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a fun dad. And I went with my dad and my mom and my grandparents, which was a lot of fun. Nice. 
right away from the opening titles of the movie the soundtrack is really good it gives a really 80s feel i love the montage of uh, the 80s in the beginning 1984 like it's, the beginning uh, of it it's so good man and it, i love how that his, this movie is also kind of like shot how as if it was shot in the 80s did you catch it's that? it's shot on film yeah i it was, was about to really say really good really it good honestly choice. reminded me a bit of winning time the rise of the lakers dynasty yeah, that's also shot like that yeah, and it also has like real montages, and and it's about like how this movie is about how one guy believed that a shoe and an athlete could change the world for the better, and it did, as we know. And he had nothing; he had everything to lose, and um, like not as much to back him as the others. Like it's wild that Nike was the underdog, as opposed to Converse and Adidas at that time. Yeah, because now they're like bigger <laughs> than both of them. <laughs> yeah, um, but he had this insane belief that. You know, even like Michael Jordan was a rookie at the time. He wasn't the star that we know him. He was just drafted. He wasn't, he didn't, he, he had never set foot on an NBA card, which they say at one point to him. He put everything on the line. He had no evidence to prove that what he was going to do was about to pay off. And it changed everything. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan made sports, made celebrity a completely different entity because of who he was. And what else can we say? Like this movie is fantastic go out and watch it it's still playing the movie theaters like i said i love the soundtrack i love the way that the um, that the story progressed you know you know what's going to happen obviously but the journey the process um the work i think that's part of the theme also is like the work the struggle that's part of what makes the job worth it i guess we should talk a little bit about, about like since i put it here who cares uh <laughs> this movie is like uh oscar chances I feel like it has a lot. I think this movie has a real shot at writing at a uh, at original screenplay. It's a really good screenplay, really powerful. I don't know if Matt Damon can get there because it's so early, and there's probably going to be more interesting stuff maybe later on. But I hope he can. I'm sorry, I I don't think it's going to um, happen, and it's not because. Hopefully, this is more me being hopeful than anything else. I think Ben Affleck deserves to get it. For supporting for, actor? For director. Oh, for... Yeah. I love this movie. I know you don't, we didn't love it as much, but... Uh. No, I still really liked it. Um, here's my take. For directing, I don't know. It would, it would be a bit of a wild card, but if this movie holds up, I think Golden Globes was maybe a chance for, like, actor for Matt Damon, best picture comedy. I don't think it's comedy, but I think they'll put it there anyway they'll because put it in comedy there's and a couple funny it, moments... Yeah. Um, they did that with The Martian and it won Best Comedy, even though it's not really a comedy, but he makes like but two I jokes. But I think this one is even, it's, it's, it could be a comedy way more than I The understand, Martian. I understand, I understand it though. Yeah. For Oscars right now, I see it like original screenplay, best case scenario. Um, yeah. If it got Best Picture, I don't know if it deserves it, but I wouldn't argue with it just because like, I wouldn't feel good at like talking smack about Air because it's such a feel good movie and I'm glad that it's a movie that's made and that Amazon decided to send a movie back to theaters. Yeah. Because they haven't done that in like two years. Directing, I don't. I think that's the stretch. Actor for Matt Damon, no. I don't think so because it's I, really I'm early in the year. And he gives a monologue in this movie that made me believe. No, he's great. He's great. Like in order for an April movie performance to get in, you have to be really strong. Like Austin Butler and Elvis, that movie came out in June, and he was like that performance was a beast. 
Uh, besides that, a lot of the nominated performances come out really later in the year. I know, but we just came off a year where three of them came out in like February. In Mar- yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, but again, that was. I feel like everything, everywhere, all at once was a real beast. So you really can't know. Um, it all know. depends the- on the campaigning. If they yeah. screen it a lot, I feel like it has a similar like dad movie crowd pleaser element that Top Gun Maverick had. Where if they and campaign like a, it also well, also like a social network kind of vibe to it. They're like, uh, uh, and it and social network did get um, what's his name? David Fincher, Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg, and odd right? He got like a yeah, but that was like a December movie. Yeah, but I mean like the the type of movie, you know, the launch date. Yeah, so it all depends. I feel like uh, if this is the movie that Amazon has some of the most um, faith in in terms of campaigning for awards, and they screen it well. It could do well, but even then, I feel like original screenplay would be something that that is like, oh, that's really good that it got that. Just because, I don't know, if this movie came out in November, December, I would say it's a much bigger contender. But I think I don't know. you're, you're uh, undermining how many friends Ben Affleck has. <laughs> that is industry. also true. <laughs> but again, like Last Duel didn't get nominated for anything or so on. I don't know. Like. I don't know if he's been in that many Oscar-nominated movies since. Um, if anything, Matt Damon's had a stronger career at the Oscars than Affleck, even though he's won less. Like he's had more nominations over time. Anyway, I, but again, I still, like you said, I, I they believe. have friends in high places, and they produced it. Exactly, I believe it. I believe it. Uh, so believe like Sonny Vaccaro did, exactly. and it'll happen. Let's start. Let's start with grades. Uh, what is your grade? I'm, I'm sure it's lower than mine. Look, right now I'm saying eight out of ten. But if I watch it again, if I think about it, it could go up to eight point five. Like it's not that anything was missing. I just watched it and I felt like eight out of ten movie, which is still great. It's yeah. still great. Still one of the best of the year so far. Honestly, my favorite movie of the year so far. Nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half. Yeah. Okay, you ready for the top five? I guess for me would be top four. So I'm guessing Live by Night is your fifth. Yeah, Live so by Night is five. Keep, let's let's keep that one. Okay. Then. Uh, so tell me your four, three, two, and then uh, one. Even though I think from our grades, it might be obvious which one is the well, one. <laughs> honestly, just because it's newer, I'll say four, Gone Baby Gone, three, Air, two, The Town. Okay. So for me, it's a very different. Um, four, The Town, three, oh. Gone Baby Gone. To air, <laughs> it's like the reverse. <laughs> uh, but I don't disagree with air being higher. I just think I have more hindsight with like having seen the town and loving it for longer. It's it's literally just because it's my type of movie. Just like yeah. crime is your type of movie, business is my type of movie. It's not even the type of movie that that put it above. Like if both of them came out in the twenty, if I'd seen both in twenty sixteen seventeen, and I'd have that hindsight with both of them, then maybe air would be. I don't know yet. That's the okay. thing. I feel like I just consumed air. Okay. <laughs> I just you, you do that. You do that every day. Uh, and obviously, no, it's, that's not intentional at all. And obviously, from uh, what's missing here, our number one is obviously Argo. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for good reason. Uh, I do think that there's a chance that air could surpass it, given enough years. But for now... It won't. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching. Good job listening. for cutting me off. I could have yes. gone for a while. <laughs> uh, listening to or watching us. Um, we love Ben Affleck. He's honestly one of my favorite directors. Definitely my, in my Ooh. top 20. Um, and uh, and yeah, man. Uh, go watch. Share. It's a fantastic movie. And it's a goddamn miracle that a mid-range movie like that is playing the multiplex. So go watch that instead of God knows what 
other garbage is there right now. Yeah, honestly, like I know that everyone who hasn't seen either will tell you the opposite, but watch Air over Mario. I still haven't watched Mario, even though like Don't. it's one of my. Th- I, I I think I'm gonna like it. I think I'm gonna be one of the contrarians. It's just like it just I, felt like an from, AI movie. From I when know. I okay. Anyway, so go watch Air. Bye. Have a good week, guys.